we're continuing with um, the Philippians. And last week, uh, Amy, uh, in in the sermon, did wrote her own letter to the Philipp to to her church, and um, I found that very um, significant. So, uh, in the spirit of letter writing, let's um, read from from Philippians two, verses one through thirteen. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that the na at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you and enabling you both, enabling you both to will and to work for God's good pleasure. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. We'll Continue singing with um, number 564, What Wondrous Love Is This? What wondrous love is this, O oh my soul, O oh my soul, what wondrous love is this?
I agree with Anne. It looks so easy when the pastors do it. <laughs> but they don't have hearing aids. <sighs> Make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord. Work out your own salvation. As Anne already reminded us, last Sunday, Amy preached from the first chapter of Paul's letter to the Philippians and called it a love letter. Today's text follows immediately after the chapter she talked about. <laughs> the second chapter of Philippians contains what biblical scholars today call the earliest Christian hymn. The words are very beautiful and familiar to many of us. But it was these words of Paul that I just quoted that he wrote before and after the hymn that caught my interest and made me say yes to Pastor Megan's request that I speak this Sunday. So I want to talk about how being in accord and working out your own salvation made me think about the process of singing in a group. Two years ago on March 10th, my singing in a group was brought to an abrupt halt after meeting with the Seattle Bach Choir for 20 years every week, I suddenly couldn't sing anymore because everything was canceled. The work we had been doing with our new director, taking deep breaths and singing out vigorously, was all of a sudden found to be the most dangerous thing one could do. One of our sister choirs, the Skagit Valley Chorale, who went ahead with rehearsal the very same night that we canceled, found to their profound sorrow that using hand sanitizer was not enough to protect them. After two hours singing in a closed space, almost all of them came down with COVID and two died. In March of this year, almost exactly two years after the pandemic cancellation of 2020, I went back to rehearsals with the Bach Choir. It has not been easy. We are sitting at a distance and wearing masks, but I am mindfully relearning what it takes to sing with a group. In choral music, the goal is accord or matching. Each person must, must match the others in pitch, in volume, in words, even in taking breaths together. This is usually done by following a director who knows the music and conveys to the group how to best interpret what is written on the page. The first rehearsal I went back to started out as I remembered. We were each handed a packet of music and then we proceeded to sight read. At first, it didn't seem too hard because with the first task of a group being matching pitch, uh, we thankfully sang all the words using neutral syllables like la 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 and da da da. Even at that, after an evening of sight reading, which usually I'm pretty good at, I was exhausted. 
I was very happy to sing by myself for a week in preparation for the next group rehearsal. I methodically prepared for singing as I remember doing two years ago. First, I went through all the music and highlighted my part with a yellow highlighter. This was very important because I sing alto in the Bach choir, not soprano. And so I had to constantly remind myself not to just read the top line. Then I went through with a pencil and marked tricky rhythms because I know that timing is my weakness. I opened a keyboard app on my iPad and set it up in a back bedroom where my husband would not be distracted by my ragged sounds. <laughs> Finally, I was ready to start singing. I first sang some warm-up scales and then turned to the music I was given at rehearsal. That first week, I worked on the notes, still using La 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 with a keyboard handy so I could check my pitches whenever I wasn't sure. The next group rehearsal went much better now that my music was highlighted and I found that I matched many of the notes of other people. The words, however, added a new level of difficulty. Although we are called the Bach choir, we don't always sing Bach, which is in German. This particular concert has several pieces in Italian. And because it has been years since I sang any Italian, the learning curve was steep. Our director had sent out pronunciation guides, but it was the verbal instructions that stuck with me. He said things like, on this word, I want ah, not aw, ah, or e, not eh. Be sure to roll the R's. For example, primavera. I want primavera, not primavera. No Kansas R's. After a few weeks practicing my music at home, I grew more confident in my own voice. In retrospect, I might have been overconfident. I had yet another important lesson to learn singing with others. During the week between rehearsals, singing in my little back bedroom by myself with my iPad keyboard without a mask, I sounded great. My notes were perfect, I thought, and with the reverberant acoustics in the room, my voice was strong. But in the next group rehearsal, it was a different story. On the first complicated piece where parts come in at different times, it didn't sound so great. Once when the sopranos and tenors came in, I was totally lost and thrown off. I had to stop singing completely. I realized that knowing my notes was not enough. I had to be ready for the other parts and understand how they fit together. The solution was doing something our director had recommended at the very beginning. Listen to YouTube recordings of our pieces, something I had not done two years ago. After doing that over and over again, I am gradually approving in my ability to sing with other voices. 
My most memorable experience with a cord came after a few weeks of trying to take in all the instructors' uh, instructions that our director was giving. I was rebelling inwardly. Oh, for heaven's sakes, no one is going to tell the difference. We're wearing masks at the concert. Then something happened, one rehearsal. He asked us to sing and hold a particular vowel until it matched. Slowly, while we were holding that note, a smile spread across his face, and he nodded and indicated for us to keep singing. Then we too heard it. Even at our social distances and with our masks, we had reached a level of blend that was unmistakable. I realized then that even though I couldn't always hear it, he could, and that's what counted. So what does being in full accord and of one mind mean for us at Seattle Mennonite? I have been pondering that for a month, and the answer I have today could be considered my 10th rough draft. I keep adding to it as I go along. Here's today's version. I am imagining our church body as a singing group. We have a goal, following Jesus' examples and words of peace and justice. Our music is words such as we heard this morning in our scripture. Every Sunday we meet together to match our voices in our words. We join our speaking voices in praise and intention. When we sing hymns, it is sometimes in unison, but often in four parts. But it is when we leave worship that the full beauty of our polyphony unfolds. We diversify into many more than four parts. We become teachers and healers, artists and creators, readers and writers, planners and visionaries, financial experts and builders, and many, many more. Together, we proclaim a veritable oratorial of justice and inclusiveness in Seattle. But as the Apostle Paul, one of the composers of our music, reminds us, it takes work. In order to make our oratorial more clear and rich and colorful, each of us can do two things. First, find and highlight our individual parts and practice them so that they become better and better. Secondly, we need to continue doing what we are already doing, spending lots of time listening to each other and other voices, reading books, listening to podcasts, discussing issues, and interacting so that our voices can blend together and work towards our goal. So I repeat, number one, highlight our individual part and practice them, and two, listen to other voices. Paul's words again, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord, and work out your own salvation 
Or to paraphrase, I am happy when you blend together your individual parts. Now go home and practice. <laughs>